Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. New year, new me. New 2023, new year, new me. 2024, I mean, here we go, Kobe year. New year, same nets. What up, Alex? Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. In the words of LaMelo Ball, New Year, new me, but same me. (laughs) But same me. (laughs) Yeah, but same Nets. I don't know why we thought anything different. I don't know why anybody really uh, was expecting the Brooklyn Nets to be. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it, man. I'm not wasting any more time. I'm not looking forward to this. I did have a good two weeks off from this. We almost took two weeks off, 13 days, (laughs) without having to talk about the measly Brooklyn Nets. Talking Nets, episode 220. New Year, same Nets. Here we go. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. Go, go. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 220. One way or another, we're going to get to 250 by the end of the year. 30 more episodes. I think what I'm going to do as a part of a you know new year... And you try to plan things and you try to set goals and expectations. I'm going to try and have a little meeting with Alex and see if we can line up the dates from now, episode 220 to 250, and see if we can get another 30 in the rest of the season. (laughs) Ah, man, right away we'll start. I just laugh because I look at the the chat. You know, I always like to do a vibe check. And I know the vibes are bad because even though we haven't podcasted, we had a holly jolly Christmas and a happy new year. We watched the games and I watched Twitter and I did have some WFAN shows uh, where this one lost company says trade everyone. Expect some kind of moves or trades to happen. Alex Gonzalez says New Year's resolution for the Nets to pick a lane one way or another. The mediocrity is what makes the season tough so far. So I had a rant on WFAN about the Nets. On WFAN, we talk about the Jets too much. We talk about the Mets, honestly, too much for what they are. And I know there's a lot of Jets, Mets, Nets fans. 
And the Nets are the only team out of those three miserable franchises that I root for, that I can relate to, that pains me. And it gives me a little bit of an understanding of the absolute dysfunction that Mets fans are used to and Jets fans are used to. It's the same thing over in Brooklyn with the Nets. Don't be fooled by a couple big signings the past few years. Don't be fooled by consistent appearances in the playoffs when you're getting swept and swept and swept. I've watched the Nets be swept out of the playoffs as a Nets fan three out of the last five years. They got swept by the Sixers last year. They got swept by the Celtics the the year before, and they got swept out of the bubble with Jacques Vaughn, which leads me into my first point. Of contention is Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn was the coach that the Nets had in the bubble, and the Nets got swept in the bubble. And they decided after that whack bubble performance that they wanted to hire Steve Nash. Set the organization back, in my opinion, but not as far back as pivoting away from Steve Nash and taking a step backward and going back to Jacques Vaughn who you never really believed in, who you yourself thought was mid, who was your interim head coach in 2020 bubble land. And then you get out of the bubble and you want to make a big splash with Steve Nash, a first-time head coach, uh, after you know Kyrie got on KD's podcast and said, we don't need a coach. Anybody could be the coach. Any night, anybody could. You, you made a mistake in jumping the gun with Jacques Vaughn. You didn't have to give him an extension. You didn't even have to give him a second run as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. But I think you got weaseled into the narratives. We all remember Ime Udoka's troubles with the Celtics. We all remember that his name popped up, a former Nets assistant that was also here a few years back. But his name popped up and it was like, oh, no. You can't do that, not on the heels of Kyrie. Two separate things. Ime Udoka cheating on his wife with the wife of a Celtics official and Kyrie Irving tweeting a link to something he never watched, whatever. Like, this dysfunction exists with the Brooklyn Nets no matter what, and that brings me to where we are now. Jacques Vaughn can't be the head coach of this Brooklyn Nets team in the future. If you think the future involves playoffs, playoffs? If the future involves success, I don't think he's that type of coach. And uh, I think he's obviously being exposed now. And a lot of people are coming from his for his neck. But I'll say this as well. It starts at the top. We should be coming at Joe Sy. We should be coming at Sean Marks and Jacques Vaughn. They're all in lockstep. Remember, Joe Sy came out to support his guys. I think KD basically said something along the lines like he didn't like the direction of the team, head coach, GM, whatever. And Cy came out to endorse those guys. Long story short, short story long, nobody should be surprised where your Brooklyn Nets are. Losing games, um, I, I mean, at least they beat the Pistons. But, of course, you had to sweat that one out. Would they lose two of the, or or eight of their last ten win two? So the, in their last ten games, in their last ten games, the only team that they've beaten are the Pistons. That's that's sad. No matter who the opponents are, they can't compete with anyone besides the worst team 
in the history of the NBA right now. That's all I had to say to open the show. Alex, go for it. The vibe check is out. Appreciate everybody pulling up in the chat. Um, I just wanted to start there. You know, it stinks from the head down, from the owner to the GM to the head coach to the players and whoever constructed this team. This shit is a mess. The trade deadline is in a month, just about. And uh, something needs to change. And I don't give a damn what happens with this team at this point. Blow it up. Make some moves. Do something. The trade deadline is February 8th. So I'll let Alex come in and speak his piece. He may want to talk about the college football playoff. <laughs> Not really. I mean, <laughs> Michael Penix went off. But, yeah, uh, I, there's a couple comments that I've seen that I agree with. Um the only way we can salvage this is to trade Mikel Bridges to Houston, but I don't even know if they want to do that or even if they are able to do that with if they have cap, cap space or not. I know they paid Dylan Brooks a lot and they paid Fran Van Vliet a lot, um, but that's the only way to salvage this because uh, the Nets are stuck at the moment because even if they do, everyone's saying trade everyone, but then like what about our own picks? We don't even have our own picks for the next couple of years. We just have those Suns picks. Keep those Suns picks. Don't trade those Suns picks. Um, uh, the the Suns trade is I, – I see it more as a lose-lose than a win-win uh, for both teams. Um, and then, like, this team has been stuck for a while. Um, that 2021 year was, was the year to win it, and injuries was the cause of it. Uh, we don't have to go there really, but yeah. And then another comment I just saw, uh, thank you for the, uh, $5 though. Um, yeah, if we were 15 and 19 with young players, I wouldn't care. A bunch of 30 year olds struggling is unwatchable. And I agree because, um, you know, a lot of people are probably calling for Jock Vaughn's head to get fired. And, um, I, the, the, my problem, my, always, my biggest problem with sports in general is whenever someone says, oh, we need to fire this guy, 95% of the time, no one says, get me this guy to replace him. Sure. You know, everyone's just saying, the like, they don't have the replacement in mind. And I don't have that with Jock Vaughn. However, there's two or three big things where it, it is clear as day to me that he is not a good coach. The first thing is that he is hindering Cam Thomas's development. Plain and simple. I don't care that it's a better starting lineup that we're better with Dorian Finney-Smith starting. You start Cam Thomas. He is our best player because Mikhail Bridges has been terrible the past couple of weeks. Spencer Dinwiddie is on an expiring deal and has no – right now, he's probably past his prime. Cam Thomas is our best player. It, it's, it's simple. And if you build around him and you build around – Claxton, like just young guys, you know, young players on this team, you know, a guy, a, a, our number one player shouldn't be a fringe all-star that's 27 years old. I have no, no disrespect to Mikhail Bridges. Like Mikhail Bridges, like uh, all in all is they, a good They player. wanted him to be something that he actually is not. He was never this. The Nets tried to make him this, you know, that, and it's because the Nets were stargazing for so many years with guys like Katie, Kyrie. James Harden. When those guys get out of here, it's like, oh, who's the next guy? Ben Simmons? No, well, Mikhail Bridges. You can, Brooklyn you, Bridges. You can, we tried to. 
We yeah. literally tried to make this guy a number one, a star. And on a night-to-night basis, he is not that. And I'm right there with you with Cam Thomas. How many episodes, how many nights, how many days do we have to talk about Jacques Vaughn being a veteran head coach, a former NBA, NBA player in old school? And yes, I remember we had an episode where we said the object of the game is to put the ball in the hoop. And a lot of us feel like Cam Thomas is our best player. He's definitely our best scorer. But Jacques Vaughn doesn't view him like that. The Brooklyn Nets don't view him like that. So the frustration you guys have when you're like, why isn't he on the floor? Or why isn't he starting? Or get Cam Thomas in there. He's not the guy to them. He's the guy to you as a fan because you want buckets. You want points. You want a star that can give you 30 points a night. And they don't see him as that. We, I think in our last episode had the whole narrative about, oh, Cam Thomas only scores 30-40 in losses. The Nets aren't good when he goes off. And I don't really think that's a Cam Thomas problem, right? Like I, I said, that's a that's a philosophy, philosophy problem. That's a coaching problem. That's looking at the rest of the guys like Cam Johnson, where are you at? And, of course, through this terrible stretch, Cam Johnson has stepped up. I know we called him out in the last episode because I think he had seven points. Was it in the Warriors game? Nah, it yeah, was he in was the, not good. Uh, it, it was or the Jazz game, was it maybe? It was bo- the game before the Knicks game. Yeah, it was the Jazz game yeah. where we're like, bro, you're out there for 27 minutes. You're making 98 million, whatever. So I guess let's do this. Um, and appreciate everybody in the chat. Vibe check off the rip. Um not great vibes, but let's see. Uh, we already showed that. Brandon Bat said, problem is we're out kicking our coverage when the season started. Now we're back to earth and everyone is like, what happened? Our nets are who we thought they were going to be. Need a Batman. Um, I wouldn't even say we were out kicking our coverage in the beginning of the year because there were games that they should have won and they lost. And that's all we were talking about in the beginning of the year. Like, yo, this is going to come back to haunt us. But no, it's not. Like, they are a bottom team. Uh, bridges bridges to Houston for for picks. <laughs> I'm done dealing with Houston. Part of the mess we're in right now is from dealing with Houston. James Harden going that way, thinking Harden was going to be a piece. Probably listen to his boys, Katie and Kyrie. Uh, Brandon Bat says JV not in. Honestly, I'm not sure what coach would be at this point. You know what? There's multiple people that said different names from Kevin Ali to Ime Udoka. Um, you know, coaches got get fired every year and become available. I feel like from Nets fans that I talked to, Jacques Vaughn was a premature move. You didn't have to give Jacques Vaughn this three-year deal or whatever he's on. And I'm pretty <clears throat> sure this extension was after after we traded KD, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you gave Which him this extension. Which is even more stupid. And you didn't have to do that. I think it was an attempt to, like, make it a feel-good, like, former Net. One of our own. This guy's been with this organization for years. He's not a mercenary. He's not a star that's here today and gone tomorrow. This is a guy that's part of the fabric of the Brooklyn Nets. Man, to hell with all that. We don't care about that. Because fast forward to now, it's like there are better coaches out there that you passed on. And I think that's a lot of Nets fans' feelings. Like, this is who we got. This is who we locked up. Dren said, Joe Side not firing Marks. And Marks not firing JV. We're stuck with them. And that's why I said start at the top. Start at the top. Start at the top, bro. It's Josiah. It's Sean Marks. 
is Jacques Vaughn. So start at the top when you're when you're looking at why the fish stinks. They I think the phrase is the fish stinks from the head down. <laughs> yeah, from the head down. When a company is struggling, they likely the likely causes come from the leadership. So it's not the Jimmys and the Joes, the X's and the O's necessarily. And of course, the Nets are lacking. There's a few ways we can dissect this team and look at different players and say who we want more from. But ultimately, you're in this mess because of your owner, because of the GM, because of the head coach and the decisions that they made on personnel from trades, which we I think we applauded the trade of Kevin Durant. We applauded the trade of Kyrie Irving and what we got back. Um, but here we are. I don't know. Does anybody have an update on Ben Simmons' back issues? I don't think anybody really applauded the uh, James Harden trade, what we gave up, what he ended up being, what we ended up giving up again to get him out of here. It's just, you know, the Ben Simmons saga is a joke. He shows up in his Givenchy. He shows up in his Gucci Louis Fendi Prada and just sits there on the side. It's just like, <laughs> I told y'all from the beginning, anything you got out of Ben Simmons this year was a bonus, and it ain't a bonus. Kevin says, I agree. I love Bridges, but trading him to the Rockets for our picks back is the only way. I I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I, I don't think there is any scenario where Mikael Bridges goes elsewhere and the Brooklyn Net fan says, damn, we had that guy under control. Damn. He really could have been the guy here. I think it's a temporary thing. I think it's something that, you know, we liked at the time. And then please remember this. When Sean Marks made those trades, right, he basically called Kyrie's bluff. And I think Kyrie later on had said um, something along the lines of, like, he didn't actually think they were going to trade him or something like that. But they wanted to call Kyrie's bluff. And they're like, oh, you want to be traded? Cool. We're not sending you to Lakers. We'll send you to where we want to send you. And that first trade that was made to bring Spencer Dinwiddie back here, that was a trade, in my opinion, for the Net fan. Got one of our guys back. Not getting Jared Allen back, not getting Karis LeVert back, but got one of our old guys back. Okay, so you get Spencer Dinwiddie. However you feel about him on a night-to-night -night basis really don't matter. Dorian Finney-Smith, you get. And we all were like, cool, though. And even parts of this year, Dorian Finney-Smith has been a good little piece for the Nets. But what I'm saying is they made that move thinking those guys were going to join KD. KD signed an extension to be here. And just that alone, how you not know you're making a trade to get pieces that would play with Kevin Durant. And how do you not know Kevin Durant's going to want to be sent right out the door to his destination that you basically, I thought from the summer when he requested the trade last summer, told him, yeah, we'll, we'll do right by you with that. So this thing is a mess. This is a disconnected mess. There are a lot of moves that they had to make, I guess, or felt like they had to make, and they don't make sense now. When you look at this Brooklyn Nets team and you're wondering why, the, you know, they, they're not winning games, they're not able to compete, which, like, I'm not wondering why. Like, like I, I'm looking at this season like this season is, is whatever it is. If they end up in the play-in, if they end up as a playoff team, great. But do you, what, who do you, do you expect them to compete? You know, not to mention while the Knicks are making trades and uh, they get OG and Obi in the course of the last week. Just looking at the Eastern Conference standings, right? Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers. That's just going to stay. Those three teams, some combination of those three teams, you know that already just off of the names on their roster. 
The Orlando Magic are a surprise this year. No one can be surprised with Miami. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Obviously, Halliburton and the Pacers make it all the way to the in-season tournament, so people are looking at them. But then you have the the 7, 8, 9, 10, where we're going to probably find ourselves, whether they figure it out or whatnot, this playing tournament. In that group, who do you think the Nets are better than the Bulls? They're not going to be better than the Knicks. The Cavaliers are going to figure it out. Jared Allen is back. I know they're missing some pieces, but we'll see what they end up doing with Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you guys are in on the Donovan Mitchell trade. I don't think it moves the needle that much. I know he wants to come back to New York. And now that the Knicks made the trade, sending IQ RJ uh, to Toronto for OG Ananobi and a couple pieces, uh, Precious precious Achua, Bronx native. Uh, Most people are taking the Knicks out of the conversation on Donovan Mitchell. Alex, do you think that the Nets make a move here for Donovan Mitchell? Or do you think it's more likely the Nets move Mikael Bridges to Houston to try and reclaim our picks? I actually think... With Sean Marks as a GM, I think none of those things will happen. Um, I, I don't. I've never. I've never been a big fan of Donovan Mitchell. To be honest, he's probably a number two guy on a championship team. I think he's a very talented player. I think he's a top 20, 25 player in the league. But um, you don't trade all your picks to get him as the number one guy just to make the playoffs. It's not. That's not a good enough reason. Um, and then with Mikael Bridges, I just don't know if Houston will do that. And even if we do trade him to Houston, they'll probably give us like they won't give us that many picks back. They'll give us probably one or two back. Um, they have a nice thing going on with Changun and Jalen Green. Uh, Van Vliet's playing really well for them. Um, I actually think that going back on that Knicks trade, because I, I remember when we played the Raptors, the Raptors are like an exact kind of replica of what we are in a way where they have a bunch of decent players and they're kind of stuck where Except they're not they very actually good. won the chip. <laughs> so yeah, no, these no. are the I, years obviously, after yeah. the chip. Yeah, obviously. But I'm just like the roster that they have constructed now or even or before the trade where they have a bunch of decent players worth some sort of picks or worth uh, have good contracts. And and then for like Masai Ujiri finally pulled the trigger, and I think Siakam's going to be the next one gone. I actually think it's a good trade for both teams, for the Raptors and the Knicks. I think the Knicks get a really good upgrade on RJ Barrett, who's really too inconsistent. Um, they now made it clear that they were not going to pay Emmanuel quickly twenty five plus million, and I think the Raptors will do that because he'll be that point guard that will replace Van Vliet, who didn't, who's on Houston now. Um, and then RJ Barrett's like a homegrown guy, you know, he's from Toronto. He, a lot of fans will like him over there. And the problem is that Sean Marks is not willing to pull the trigger because we're stuck right now. And he's, the problem is, is if we trade all those players to other teams, the, the, the reason why the key team is kept right now is to hinder what Houston might get. So like, like the problem is that. Why why we're keeping all these players is not to have another Boston Celtics 2.0 situation. Yeah. Where uh, we have, you. where you know where they have like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and they're the best team in the league right now. And also not going for I don't know whose decision it was, but not going for Ime Udoka is probably actually gonna it has set back the Nets a few years because if Ime Udoka is on this team, I guarantee you we're probably a, a I, I mean 
look, we won't be a playoff team even with Yumi Doka, but we're probably probably pushing for a 7-8 seed and by far better defensive. Like, there's no excuse for this team to be a bottom five defensive team. That's a fireable offense right there. Benching Cam Thomas is a fireable offense. Like, those two things alone is poor, and it's just not good enough, obviously. Like, the, I, I have no expectation for this team for the rest of the season. Really? I hope we get rid of – I hope we get rid of um, a couple of, like, players for some draft picks, like Dorian Finney-Smith is a high uh, commodity for some uh, championship contenders. Royce O'Neal, we could get a first-round pick back for him. Uh, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie. But the problem is Sean Marks is too scared to get rid of those players because then he'll realize, oh, our team's going to get worse. And, you know, it's just that the problem is he doesn't want that Celtics thing to happen again, where I'm honestly like kind of, you know, done with that. I just don't really care about that anymore. A lot, everyone, again, like I'm seeing all these comments saying like these, these players have to go. It's like, it's going like, these players have to go or this coach has got to go. And it's a problem because, you know, this team, this franchise has won what two, uh, two playoff series in the last 10 years. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like, so I said it's the same old Nets. I don't know who, who who you guys are fooling. Like, if you watch this team, like we all have, this function is part of their brand. Not knowing what to do is part of their brand. Not having any direction. I was on WFAN, and and I said to the Knicks fans the night after beating the Nets, "Don't beat your chest. This is a directionless team." Like, I guess if you want to pound your chest and be like, "Yeah, we're New York, New York forever." Now that KD and Kyrie aren't here, beating you ten times in a row, cool. But when you look at the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody should be celebrating a win over over this current team. And I know you guys are upset about that Bucks win. I saw that in the chat, and that was a big conversation over, um, you know, the course of uh, the, the holiday break. But yeah, yeah, whoever's decision last, that whoever's decision that was to bench all those players, I, if it was Jock Vaughn or a, uh, like a whole coaching staff, that that's a fireable offense right there. That's a fireable what? offense. Because you then go against the second worst team in the league in the Wizards and you lose. <laughs> like how is that like how is that not a fireable offense? So let's look at it. Cause it looks it looked bad. The optics were all bad. So when you have that game and you play that game on Wednesday, it's the second half of a back to back. In my opinion, they conceded the loss. In my opinion, they went into that game knowing they were gonna lose. What they play bridges that night, like 12 minutes, they sat guys down, like we all right. It's one thing knowing that you're gonna rest guys, right? Bridges played 12 minutes. Royce played 10. Dayron Sharp 16. Cam Thomas 12. It's one thing knowing that you're gonna rest guys, but there's another thing about competing, right? And I hate to make this analogy, but the the New York Giants are completely out of it. They can't. They're mathematically eliminated. They can't make the playoffs, but they're going out there and they're scheming up trying to play, trying to play spoiler, trying to win. And even though they lost, they did a pretty good job of making it look like they were trying to win, like they were trying to beat the Rams. You know what I'm saying? In other games, like uh, the games that they won, it's like they beat the Packers this year. The Packers look like they're playoff bound. There's something to say about your culture. There's something to say about pride, like Brooklyn and Brooklyn pride in the culture. And I see T-Rexy in the chat. Shout out to T-Rexy. He kills it on the spaces. I think now also we're streaming on Twitter. They just added that that function for people to be able to um, 
you know, see the live on YouTube and Twitter. What I'll say is the Nets have a culture of losing and accepting losses and conceding a loss. Okay, here come the big bad bucks who I think every single Nets fan hates. You would have liked to see the Brooklyn Nets compete in that game with, I don't fucking know, Keon Johnson, Noah Clowney, Trendon Wofford, Armani Brooks, and Jalen Wilson. You would have liked to see them try and win that game because you need every win. They've thrown away a lot of games this year on nonsense um, that they should have won. And then that's a game, like you said, it's a fireball offense. But who is doing the firing? They're not firing nobody, man. It's unfortunate because I think uh, – I don't think Jacques Vaughn has an ego. I, I, again, like the Jacques Vaughn hiring was the, the nice the nice hiring. He's a, and he's a nice guy. You know, he played for the Nets. Uh, also, I completely disagree with that. You need to hold on to the Suns pick for 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 as long as you can. That's those. Suns I'm picks good on Donovan just, Mitchell. He was yeah, supposed Donovan, to be a Nick. He's not going to be a Nick. Then it doesn't mean that he has to come to the Nets because he wants to come home. Nah. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he only he barely moves the needle to become a championship team. Uh, just to get Mitchell because oh we'll have an All Star on our team. That's just not a good enough reason. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Jock Vaughn, it, we have to be the only that. Well, that, that's not true. There are other teams that play nine man rotations. It's just the only, the, the, the only, the only not good team sticking to that, maybe. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. We got to be the only losing team sticking to like our same rotation. And there's no more excuses to say, oh, well, we have some injuries. Well, we only have two injuries to key players. And one of them, every Nets fan probably doesn't want on their team anymore. And the other one, probably half the net fans didn't even know who he was a couple of years ago. And Lonnie Walker the fourth, and he was actually the one player I was like I was really hyping up earlier in the season. But it's unfortunate not to see him the past few weeks. Um, the Jock Vaughn doesn't have an ego. Uh, Joe Sy and Sean Marks clearly do. Like you can see by the way that they wanted to deal those players and James Harden, Kyrie, and KD. There's clear favorites you know like sean marks didn't didn't want to trade kd he tried to keep him harden quits on the team and he's like okay you're gone uh and then Kyrie uh asked for a trade even though kd asked for a trade he's like no kate uh, kevin you're gonna stay oh Kyrie, oh you want to go okay you can go so there's clearly uh, there's clear agendas and there's a disconnect ego report of Josiah, there was this whole report of him last season where he's like, he'd rather see guys fighting for like a playoff spot and have guys that have a chip on their shoulder, like the 18, 19 team, which is, uh, that's loser mentality. So, um, the, the, and like, uh, Eli saying, I feel like players just don't want to come to Brooklyn. Um, that, uh, I mean, yes and no, I, there's not, there's not, not really players in general, in the grand scheme, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard would have considered it. Um, we yeah. can't really look at this team and say that because there are guys on this team that chose Brooklyn, uh, like the Dennis Smith Juniors, the Lonnie Walkers. I, I would say this right now with no identity. What's up, Asia? Right now with no identity, why would you want to come to Brooklyn? But what I feel like this season is, and I'm going to move it, move it along and. Winning cures all, right? They somehow get a win against the Pelicans tonight. Not likely. Um, we'll feel differently. But, man, when you lose 8 out of 10, 
when you lose in the fashion that they've lost, it, it, it feels like they're directionless. It feels like this season is going nowhere. And you want change. You want answers. The trade deadline is in a month. Maybe they make some moves. And why wouldn't they? Right? You're not winning anything this year. You're, you're, you're not. No, with this current roster, you're not winning anything. And even if you make some trades, you're not winning anything. So sometimes you got to eat a year, right? This is the year after you blew it up. This is the year after the KD Kyrie era, the year after you realize KD signed an extension, but he's out of here and um, he ain't doing much better in, in, in Phoenix. And that's none of our this business. Is, what I'm th- saying, this team, this team is really similar to the team um, after we traded Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett away, um, where after the, know, it wreckage, was the year, there's it was scraps. the year, at, yeah, it was the year after where we lost the Heat in the second round, and then the year after we like barely scraped into the playoffs as the eight seed, and I lost to the Hawks in six. And people were saying, "Oh, you know, we 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 took the one seed to the to six games, and we got a good fight." And then the next season, we were probably the worst team in the NBA because yeah. Everyone- left i was there uh 2015 (laughs) against the hawks we thought we had a chance with them and it was all bullshit and that's why i say like new year same nets like they're not even when they had the superstar talent they weren't able to figure it out and pull it off and now there are nets fans that since this nets world has been built and yeah there's good attendance and there's you know fans in the arena and we've got cause merch and new jerseys every year two new jerseys to wear every year at the end of the day, man, you want to watch good basketball. At the end of the day, man, you want a team you can root for. Watching these games shouldn't. This be isn't so much good game. basketball. That's the it, problem. Yeah, at, it is. At least, like, at least with, at least with, uh, like I, I was referring to that comment earlier. If you have a younger, like, obviously, you can't change the age of this team, but if you have a team that's actually like this is a fake, this is a fake tough team, or this is a fake team that makes it seem like they they're going hard every night it's a it's a fake team that does that because yeah, it's worn there's off no now. defensive there's there's no defensive identity the offense is falling off like i predicted it it, it was way too it was not sustainable because they're these these guys do not have that type of level of them in terms of three-point shooting the three-point shooting has gone down significantly and and then you you go by, by those things and you still can't shoot threes you're turning the ball over. You don't. You don't force the other team to turn the ball over. Uh, you always end the quarter terribly. The the defense. Like I'm pretty sure the Nets have only won one game this whole season when they've gave, given up over 120 points. So the defense is clearly a problem because if and having again, I'm gonna. I, I've said this since the beginning of the season. It's inexcusable to have these type of players and not be a good defensive team. Now, I'm not even saying good. Like, I'm just saying like middle of the, like 12 to 15. That was supposed to be their identity, Alex. We we came into the season and Spencer Dinwiddie was proclaiming that their identity was going to be defense. Get the fuck out of here, bro. We don't even have to go through the scores. Like their identity well, is not defense, at least not the way that Jacques Vaughn has them set up out there. Their identity is. Uh, anybody can run it up on us. We're we're good for 120 points against us any given night. I mean, shit, the Pistons can get 115, 112 on the Brooklyn Nets and make it close. The Thunder put up 124. The Bucks put up 144. The Wizards 110. Uh, the Nuggets 124, 122 in those two games. The Warriors 124. The Jazz 120. Like, if you're a gambling man, the Knicks 121. If you're a gambling man, you can almost lock it in that the Nets are going to give up 120 points to any decent team in the NBA. 
and there, there's some, team, there's like yeah. 15 decent teams. <laughs> yeah, like that now. It, the 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 big thing that I was um, that was keeping me going for like before these like before this terrible run before that West Coast trip was that we were being the teams that we needed to beat, and now that's not happening. We're losing to the Jazz. We're losing to the Wizards. We're barely escaping through the Pistons. Um, and then like I'm just like seeing some some of these uh, uh, some of the comments. This is a really good one. Uh, we have a young player in Cam Thomas, and this organization organization treats him like dirt. He could be as good as Tyrese Maxey. He's not a six man. It's quite clear as day that this kid's twenty one. It's not like he's a he's like twenty four, twenty five. He's already hit his peak, and that he he's listened to these coaches, and yet the, he he still doesn't get the game time that he deserves. And he's all because he said no homo after a game last year. All because he said no homo instead of pause. That's um, and then uh, the uh, someone said we got no dogs in this roster. We have a couple, I think we're supposed to have a bunch of dogs. I think Claxton is and Dorian Finney Smith is. I think there's like, yeah, maybe Lonnie Walker, knee him. You know, the you know what the thing that's most annoying is that remember the two players that I said that I was criticizing the most were Daron Sharp and Dennis Smith Jr. They've probably been the two best players the past two weeks. That's the sad part. They're actually stepping up and actually playing in their role. Okay, Dennis Smith Jr. still can't shoot threes, but at least he's doing better. Daron Sharp is actually looking like a legit backup center. I mean, it's not much to say, but it's it's better than nothing. And then yet the other players are just falling apart. We just can't get like the they're not on the same page. And then yeah, it's just it's not it's not good enough. All right, let's play these voicemails. We'll look at the upcoming schedule and we'll wrap things up. Appreciate y'all uh in the chat. Make sure you follow Talking Nets everywhere. Make sure you subscribe and like while you're here. Just press the little thumbs up and continue to leave your questions in the chat. If you want to try and sneak in a voicemail, it's 929-500-103. But leave your questions in the chat. That's easier. I think we have three voicemails. I think one from Big Fan Breezy and the other two are from D-Rock. So let's play them. Yo, what up, Keith? Now, listen, talking that. What's up, everybody? What up? Uh, <laughs> Alex, man. What's up, man? Oh, um, listen! I got it that I time. feel like uh, uh, y'all going on a hot seat right now. The fans is in an uproar, and that thing he did the other day with the whole Long Island next playing, sprinkle them in there. Yeah, Jalen Wilson should get minutes, and, and Monty Brooks maybe, and Keon Johnson looking like he, you know what I mean, could help out if DSJ ain't getting minutes because he's uh, being rested because his back. Put Keon Johnson in the roster, let him get some minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's some good in seeing those guys play, but you versus them versus Detroit Pistons. If he would have put that same team out there versus the Pistons and not the Milwaukee Bucks, I wouldn't even be mad, you know. So yeah, he got it right, but he got it wrong, you know. Um, besides that, Cam Thomas is. A, I think he's on the brink of being a star, and I don't want to see him in no trade conversations. Anybody got Cam Thomas in a trade conversation? I got something to say. You know what I mean? But, again, man, I'm just waiting for the next episode. Happy holidays. You know what I'm saying? I know this is the first holiday with your son and everything. So, shout out to you being a dad going through these holidays. So we partying out here. So, you know, I, I love to just hear about that, too. You know what I mean? I'm a fan of the Nets. I'm also a fan of you and the show. So, shout out to, you know what I'm saying, everything got going on. And the- 
Yo, big fan Breezy, we got to get you on the show, bro. We got to lock that in. When I lock in the schedule for our next upcoming shows with Alex, I'm going to send you the schedule and then you tell us when you can pop on. Uh, the only thing I disagree with is, shit, this organization would trade Cam Thomas. They That might be their first trade that they make, right? So he said he don't want to hear any conversation about trading Cam Thomas. This organization might be looking at him as, yeah, what can we get for Cam Thomas? Talking to Jacques Vaughn and his rotations and what I don't know, bro. Their their direction list. I I can't I can't call it as a fan. I'm watching these games and I'm just like, I'd rather watch League Pass. I'd rather watch the rest of the league again. And that's a familiar feeling, unfortunately, as a Nets fan, right? For years, I was a Nets fan, but telling people, oh yeah, but I'm a Kobe fan. Oh yeah, I like to watch LeBron. Before KD and Kyrie were even on the team, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Nets fan, but I watch KD. Yeah, I'll just be watching for uh, Uncle Drew. You know, I'd be looking for certain players right now. I want to see Anthony Edwards hoop. Now I want to see John Moran hoop, Tyrese Halliburton. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it is what it is. Um, when I will really, it ever really, end, right? When will they actually yeah. get it right, figure it out, and give us a team that we can be all the way proud of? I mean, we had it a couple years back, we thought, but – the universe wasn't ready for the for the big three. Anything you want to say from big big fan Breezy's call? Obviously, talking about the Long Island Nets getting to play against the Bucks in a game that, like, you know, Nets fans felt like they could have challenged their one, but they conceded the loss before it, that game it, even tipped off. It reminded me of uh, I don't know if you remember when uh, we beat the Bucks in the bubble and we played literally every like guy that was on a 10-day contract possible like who is that uh guy that nearly got in a fight with like Giannis like Hall or something uh, uh Dante Hall Dante Hall yeah like we were playing him we were playing TLC <laughs> Jesus like we were playing all these guys um uh Justin Anderson uh there was like this lefty uh I forgot his name I uh anyways it reminded we me had of that Justin Anderson and, on the pod we, we were we were down to like we were playing like Tyler Johnson and like yeah Tyler and Johnson. did uh, <laughs> uh yeah there there anyways there was I remind me of that because we had no right to win that game because we were playing all those players and I think the Bucks were like like I think in terms of upset in terms of what the spread was earlier it was like one of the biggest ever um, but the reason why we won that was because the Bucks rested all their players in the second half like Giannis like we we kept it close going into halftime. And then Giannis didn't play in the second half. Brooke Lopez didn't play in the second half. Uh, um, Middleton didn't play in the second half. You know, that was before they traded for Drew Holiday. That was the year before. And then uh, and then we won that game. The difference yeah, was, was when we went into the second half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that Bruce Brown? Who is that? No, no that's, that's, Justin that's Justin Anderson. Anderson. That's Justin and Dante, Anderson. And yeah. Dante Hall. Yeah. And oh yeah, and then we had five minutes of Jamal Crawford, a forty year old. Jamal, Jamal Crawford, Crawford is the name I was searching for and couldn't. Uh, they didn't did you, uh, Jamal Crawford get in that game? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then he and then, pulled his hamstring and then his career was over. Yeah. Uh but and then and then what happened in the Bucks game was that in the second half, we were actually winning at some point in the third quarter, but then Giannis actually played. And Damian Lillard played, and all those guys Brooke Lopez played, and then it became a blowout. So you couldn't expect us to win that game. Um, I would love to get uh, – I don't know if uh, if you've talked with him yet, but I would love to get Robin back on the pod for an episode and, like, just 
talk it out with him because there was like this we point him saying like Nets won the trade with the Suns and he was saying that Jacques Vaughn's a good coach and uh, I, I really want to know what his feelings are right now about that. So, yeah. Yeah, we can reach out to him once we put the schedule together for this month's episodes. February, I'm trying to do Ju like January, February, March at least. All right. Yo, what up? This is D-Rock. I'm on the road right now, so I'm not going to be able to participate in the chat. So I definitely want to be able to give you some money next time. But I'm pissed off, too. We into the new year, hungover still. We got a tough couple of games coming up. I'm looking at this from the lens of the New York Knicks. I know this is talking Nets, but stay with me for a minute. The New York Knicks, ever since we had the clean sweep, have built their culture around toughness, physicality, and defense. We threw it away and sold our soul for the chance to be relevant with Kevin Durant. And a few years later, look at where we're at now. I usually ask the question, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Despite how you answer that question, the way you should look at it is if you like what you're drinking, add some more to the cup. If you don't, throw it down the toilet and add something you like. And this is where I... I land with the New York, with the Brooklyn Nets, rather. Sorry. All right, let me pause that for a second. If you have the opportunity to sign a clean sweep, you do that 10 times out of 10. You do that every single time. Every organization. There's no there's no chance that a Nets fan, when that when that clean sweep happened, every, there's no chance a Nets fan said, oh, you no, know, no. Uh, we should we should we should have built around D'Lo. We should also that team was not good. We that that yeah. team was Garrett Levert, Jared Allen. Yeah. We had a chip on our shoulder. That that team did have a chip on our shoulder. Chip Rudy on our shoulder on does not mean good defensively. That does not mean good. That that those things do not correlate. Also, uh, Will Simmons, I I don't know what you're saying. He's saying trade Cam Thomas. He's saying we're missing a bunch of players. When I literally just said we're only missing two players. We're not, and, and not of, like they make that much of a difference. And one I'm of them is Ben. I'm tired Simmons. of seeing him on the bench, not cheering for his teammate too. Ben Simmons? No, he's talking about Cam Thomas. Like, wh wh what no, is it that, that shit you, doesn't matter like, to me. He, are, he's are, the best player watch? on the team, not getting the minutes. Like, there's a reason he he's keeps, upset. And then he keeps <laughs> saying that even time, every time we play him or he plays well, that we lose. How about the other players play well? Like, it, it, there's no correlation that yeah. oh, because Cam the veterans, Thomas plays the well, veterans we lose. that get the trust, the veterans that get the minutes, get in the rotation, like how about they step up and not the young guy that's literally fighting for every opportunity he gets. Um, with the Knicks as well, what did the please Knicks tell Will, Will, please tell me who the best player on the team is. Please tell me who the best player on the team is. If it's not Cam Thomas, who is who is it? Okay, and, and everyone is saying if it's Mikael Bridges, his defense has been poor. I, I kid you not. Mikael Bridges is in not. a bad one. If, He's if in a Mikhail, little bit of a if, slump. If Mikael Bridges somehow does go to Houston, I guarantee you 1,000%, Ime Udoko will look like – he will make him look like an all-defensive player again. He will, <laughs> for sure. It's not Bridges. It's not Bridges. I'm sorry. No, it's but, Cam. When you consider, it's, it's your opinion. You consider the kid is freshly 22. This is third year in the league. What he's able to do out there on the floor, creating his own shot, finding his own shot, scoring 30 points almost at will if you have him out there. Like, even the energy he came into that game was against the Thunder. These games, all these losses are starting to blur. 
together now. Uh, this is a Wizards game, I think. Um, he had 15 in that game. No, it was one of these games I'm like, yo, he is our only hope. He's our only chance. Also, Bridges', Bridges is a handle. Like, Maybe it was the always, Thunder game. Everyone always trolls uh, Jalen Brown for not having a left hand. Mikhail Bridges is like just as bad in terms of handle. And it, it, it's like, and he's also like not, he's not clutch at all. Like Cam Thomas has actually hit clutch shots, uh, clutch shot, clutch shots. I think Mikel has only hit like one if with us. With um, all right, it was, uh, D-Rock that. called back for a second voicemail. Let's see what he had to add. Yo, this is D-Rock one more time. I had to do it. Hopefully this comes up in the conversation while you guys are talking. But I hear a lot of, well, I read a lot of Nets fans on Twitter saying, oh, the Nets don't have a point guard. The Nets don't have a point guard. Do we realize that there are different types of point guards? You have a shot creator, you have a primary ball handler, and you have a secondary ball handler. The issue with the Nets is Jack Vaughn has not created an offense for our shot creators to thrive. Those shot creators being Cam Thomas, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., and (laughs) if he gets back, Ben Simmons. The problem is Sean Marks knows that, and he failed to get Jack Vaughn a primary ball handler. Sure, certainly. I I blame them for thinking Ben Simmons was going to be back. I blame them for thinking that Ben Simmons was going to play or wanted to play. Uh, I blame them for also thinking Spencer Dinwiddie can step up and do the job. He has, but come on, man. He leaves much to be desired. He has his clutch moments where he makes shots. He has his moments where he can score. But Spencer's not supposed to. Like Spencer, What was Spencer doing with Luka? Was Spencer running the point guard in Dallas? Was he your starting point guard uh, with Luka? And, and was Brunson on the team? I don't know if he was on the team with Brunson, but like he, he was, was coming off the yeah. bench. He was not. They didn't even think of him like that. And that's. Our guy, Jason Kidd, coaching him up. Not once did he think, yeah, I want Spencer Dinwiddie to be the point guard of his team. Not trying to shit on Spencer, not throwing him under the bus, because it's not his fault, right? He's been asked to do multiple things, and he he finds a way to do them. But sure, they don't have an actual point guard. They relied on Ben Simmons, dumb. Um, they don't trust Cam Thomas, who's their best and natural scorer. Let's stop saying he's the best player on the team, because some people just don't want to give it up to the kid at 22 years old that can go out there and make his own try. Like who look like just use the eye test. When you watch the Nets play, who's popping on the screen? Is it Cam Johnson now? Is Cam Johnson the best player on the team? I mean, he's played better, but good. He had to answer the call. He sucked in the beginning when he was hurting and coming back. Um every every one of my friends who's not a Nets fan, I think 90% of them would say Cam Thomas is the best player. Like it, it, like in terms of that in NBA circles, watching, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In NBA you, circles, you, you, you they look think... at Cam Thomas as the best player on the Nets because Mikhail can't the... score consistently enough. Cam Johnson's not even a top three player on the Nets. Um, who who else are you looking at? Nick Claxton? No. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith? No. The problem the problem Spencer? with Ben no. Simmons is that Jock Vaughn he he built the system around him because he's really good defensively still even though you know and that's we, that's fucking wanna... foolish that's stupid and and, and, and then and, and then and, 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 and he's stuck with the system without him which is not good enough right. which is not you need a you need you need a plan b and he doesn't have that thank you i like marvel shirt yeah yeah so like 
in the beginning of the year, there were multiple podcasts and things that they did where they were talking about how Ben Simmons plays the game, about what his abilities were and what he could do for this team. And I'm like, that's that's putting your eggs in a shakier basket than the Aaron Rodgers basket. Like Ben Simmons, you can't rely on. You can't bank on him at all. What the hell were they thinking? And what's taking so long to pivot your offense, your strategy to realize like, Ben isn't coming back. My neck, my back, my neck and my back. Ben Simmons is not coming back. And like, good riddance. Figure it out, Sean Marks. If you do one thing, if you do one thing, figure out how to get him off the team. Figure out how Nets fans will not have to even like entertain the conversation of what if we had Ben Simmons or what if Ben Simmons was the point guard? No, no, he should never be on the team. After you go through the KD, Kyrie years, you had you had James Harden. You even had names like Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, other former NBA superstars, all stars. You end up with Ben Simmons, like that's that's where that's how you'll be remembered. All right, the schedule ahead. The only way things get better is winning. The only way things change is if they change. Tonight they go down to the Smoothie King Arena to face the New Orleans Pelicans. That's probably an L. Then. They'll continue on the road and go to Houston, swing over to Texas to play the Houston Rockets. We spoke a lot about the Houston Rockets tonight. Why can't they go beat the Rockets? Uh, they'll probably find a way to lose because they're just they're just in one right now. And don't sleep on the, the Houston Rockets. I know they're the nine seed in the uh, West. The Brooklyn Nets are the nine seed in, in the East. That could be a, a close matchup. Then we've got the Thunder again. Um, the Thunder coming to Brooklyn that Friday night. The Trailblazers come to Brooklyn that following Sunday. I mean, we should be back with a podcast before then, but the Trailblazers have nine wins. So you kind of circle that one as a win. And, uh, you know, we we can't go too much further, but the Cavaliers, the Heat, the Lakers, the Knicks again, the Clippers, the Timberwolves. Like, um, there's a lot of L's coming up this month to start off the new year if they don't figure something out in a hurry so that's all we've got folks uh once again appreciate everybody in the chat pulling up hit that like button subscribe if you're not subscribed i think you already heard me in the chat say hey new year alex and i gotta put our heads together and see what days we can definitely pod and stick to that schedule and then bring in robin lumberg bring in big fan breezy bring in maybe hudson maybe anybody t-rexy anybody from the nets twitter space that talks about this miserable team. I'm just kidding. They're not that miserable. It's just deflating, man. We were up top, man. We were talking about being in, in first place, second place. Weren't wasn't there a point in time last year where the Nets won like 18 out of 20 right before that, that, Christmas? That run, yeah, it was 18 and two uh over 20 games. And that run actually has set us back a couple years because that led to Jock Bond's extension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those guys, Katie and Kyrie, that were leading the way. They're up out of here, and that's all we've got. We're up out of here. Thanks for watching. Appreciate y'all, man, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Let's go Nets. Hopefully they get a win, and, and the vibes will be better. But like I said, nothing changes until it does. They got to change. They got to figure it out. They got to want to win. They got to find the pride and the compete level and the coaching and everything else. So I don't know. New year, same Nets. But let's get a win. Winning cures all. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.